So let's pray before we get into that, okay? Father, we are your people. We are your sheep. You are our shepherd. You know all. We know very little. You are holy, and that's a foreign language to us. So we come to you this morning very much in need of your mercy, of your illumination, of your patience and your strength. I pray, God, that you would surprise us this morning so that we might surprise others in your name. We ask this through Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. Amen. This week is the, um, the fourth of four Haftarot of Consolation. And today's message is this theme. It's time to reorient ourselves. And that's certainly what the High Holy Days are. A time for reorientation. It's not a time for continuing with life as usual. It's a time to find unusual renewal for our lives. As I mentioned, please change the slide, please. It's the fourth of the seven haftarot of consolation. The seven haftarahs before the Rosh Hashanah are all taken from the book of Isaiah. The first one begins in chapter 40. It says, comfort ye, comfort ye my people. And these are all haftarot of consolation. As a matter of fact, this uh, haftarah this week also speaks of comfort or consolation in the first verse. And uh, uh, we need consolation at this time. Consolation for some of you, if life has dealt you a difficult hand, um, this this uh, Haftorah comes at a time when Judah itself is in need of consolation. They're going off into exile. It's a time of military threat, of subordination, of exile. Judah has reason to be discouraged. And there are probably some of you here who, if you were had a chance to speak your mind, you'd say, Rabbi, I have reason to be discouraged too, and you probably do. Uh, I'm very familiar with discouragement. I've got a PhD in discouragement. Some of you have encountered a life situation that gives you reason to be discouraged, but I'm not here to speak of discouragement. I'm here today for this lesson, for today's goal. How can we reorient ourselves in times of discouragement so as to find new hope and new momentum? That's what our Haftorah is going to speak to us about. Our Haftorah has for us four recommendations. Let's go to the next one, please. The first one is we need to reorient our concept of who God is for us. In this passage, uh, it says, I am the Lord who comforts you. We need to realize he's the one who comforts us. He, the passage goes on to talk about his work as creator. He's the, he's, he says, why are you worried about mortal man when I am your God? He's eternal and deathless. Why are we fearing temporary situations when we're in the hands of a God who is eternal? It goes on to say he is our maker. He says, you've forgotten Adonai 
your maker, who stretched out the heavens, who laid the foundations of the earth. And instead, because we lose our perspective, we are in constant fear all day because of the oppressor's rage. That's what, that's what he says. We get flipped out in life because we lose perspective. Chiefly, we forget who God is and who he's prepared to be for us. So the first thing we need is to reorient our concept of who God is. He's our redeemer, it says in verse 13. He's the mighty one of Jacob. He's supreme above all powers. He is Adonai Tzavot. He's the Lord of armies, of the armies of heaven. Thus, and he says, God is, he says, I've put my words in your mouth. That's incredible to me when I read that, that he's put his creative, world-shaping words in our mouths. And he hides us in the shadow of his hand. He protects us under the shelter of, of, of his hand. Uh, in, order, in order to make us agents of a new reality, that's what he says. He says, uh, uh, to plant the skies. And uh, David Stern, the translator, adds the word anew. Because he, he understands that's what the scripture text is saying. He, he puts us... He puts his word in our mouth, hides us in the shadow of his hand in order that we might be his agents in creating a new heavens and a new earth to plant the skies anew to lay the foundations of the earth. And he says, to say to Zion, you are my people. God is prepared to recontextualize Judah's identity in her life. He's prepared to give her an entirely different sense of self. Right at the moment she's receiving this, she is a sinful people that is going off into exile. She is the, she's the lowest of the low. But God is prepared to create something new. Are you up for whole life renewal? Am I up for it? Am I available for it? Or do we insist on clinging to an old, defeated and defeatist sense of self? That's an important question. God is speaking words of encouragement to a people going over to exile, punishment for their sins, subjugation to a pagan master in a foreign land. But in order for us to find encouragement at this time, in your own discouragement times, you need to answer this question, are you up for it? Or do you insist on clinging to your old sense of self? Good question. The second key we have towards encouragement at this time is we need to reorient by regretting what we contributed to put ourselves in a discouraged position. We need to re reorient by regretting and releasing. You cannot release something if you're seeking to justify it. If if let's say you've made some serious life mistakes, but in your mind you're saying, yeah, but I was entitled to that, or but it wasn't my fault. As long as you continue to justify it and to explain it, you're holding on to it. You can't let it go. You're still bound to it. You can't release something if you insist on blaming others for it. There's somebody that I've had on my mind for years who did me wrong. And until recently, every day I was thinking about this guy. I still think about him once in a while. 
I don't know what to do with them. But you're bound to somebody if you continue to think that way. You understand? You can't, you can't be released uh, if you... So what you need to do is regret. Regret how you got involved with that person. Regret what happened. Go ahead and regret, and then let it go. Regret and release. Regret trusting the wrong people. Regret having the, uh, loving the wrong people. Regret the unwise choices you made. Take responsibility, and then for God's sake, and with his permission and his encouragement, let it go. Regret and release. This is a time of the year for us to face the mistakes we've made, the disasters we have uh, uh, been involved in. I've got my own, trust me. It's good for you to regret it, but don't stay in regret. Regret it, and then just let it go. Uh, God, he, he separates our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. He buries our sins in the depths of the sea. Uh, 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 but that will do us no good if we continue playing with it, you know? Just let it go. Learn from it. Number three, a third way we can reorient this time is by rebounding. I love these three passages in today's Haftorah. I'm talking about rebounding. It's based on something from uh, the teachings of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov was a Hasidic Rebbe who lived about the same time as Ludwig van Beethoven. He was born... 1770, so was Beethoven. And Rabbi Nachman was a genius about human psychology. He was probably manic depressive. He knew about depression, and he was a genius in helping people to deal with it. And he told his disciples that when they felt they had sinned badly, he said, and they, they feel that they're, they're down. He says, think of it like crouching down in order to spring forward. Yes, you're down. But think of that being down as a preparation for a leap forward. So that's where I get this language of reorienting by rebounding. And I love what it says in this Haftorah, these three passages. He says, wake yourself. Wake yourself. Stand up, O Jerusalem, you who have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath. Yes, you're gone, you're into captivity. You've drunk from the Lord the cup of his wrath, but that's not the end of the story. Wake up, wake yourself up, stand up. Uh, you've drunk from the dregs, the bowl, the cup of staggering. Sometimes we go into a soul stupor when we feel discouraged and depressed. Our energy flags, our heads nod. We find ourselves spiritually and psychologically dozing in the midst of life. We've lost all momentum. But the word of God from the prophet tells us that we need to wake yourself. He says, I love that. Wake yourself. Wake yourself up. So you need to rebound. Uh, shake. Wake yourself up. He goes on. He uses, he uses three different metaphors. Later on in chapter 52, he says, awake, awake, Zion. 
Clothe yourself with your strength. Dress in your beautiful garments. I'm speaking to you, people. This should mean for us shucking off a defeated sense of identity and putting on a renewed identity we have as redeemed, forgiven, empowered children and servants of God through Yeshua the Messiah. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. Put on the new identity. Put off the old sense of who you were. He says again, awake, awake Zion. Clothe yourself with your strength. Dress in your beautiful garments. It's like the prodigal son. Like we are like him. Once he was self-identified as the lowest of the low, the biggest failure in his whole family. He ends up in a foreign land, totally broke, feeding pigs, which is not exactly a career track for a Jewish boy. (laughs) He's feeding pigs, and he would love to eat the food that the pigs are eating, but they won't let him. He is really at the bottom. But when he comes home, what does the father do? He puts sandals on his feet. He says, put the ring on his hand, and he puts a robe on him a beautiful garment of a restored and honorable identity. That's the new garment, the new garment of a restored and honorable identity. From total shame to honor. What about you? Do you want to walk in newness of life? The newness of life the Father bought and provided for us, where we put on our strength, the strength that comes with this new identity, Will we accept his beautiful garments and wear them? Or will we, like the prodigal son, stay back there in the pigsty, wallowing in it and thinking what a mess we've made of our lives? We have a choice. We can put on our strength. We can put on our beautiful garments. We can rebound in this way or not. We're the ones who have to wake ourselves up. Finally, a third time, the prophet reminds us that we must own our own reorientation. He says, shake off the dust, arise. I love this. Be enthroned, Jerusalem. Loosen the chains on your neck, captive daughter of Zion. For you were sold for nothing. You did go into bondage due to your foolish choices and your other situations of life, but you will be redeemed without money. So he says, shake shake off the dust, Arise, be enthroned, loosen the chains from your neck. That redemption, that exaltation, that enthronement is a glorious identity. It's an act of God. That's why he says, he says, goes on to say in this Haftorah, therefore my people will know my name, that is God's revealed identity. Therefore in that day, I am the one who will be saying, Hineni, here I am. He is the secret of our reorientation and our renewal, even in the midst of grave discussion, uh, uh, discouragement. It is because, uh, next slide, read this with me. Ready? Here we go. It is because God has shown up for us that we can come out of hiding. He has totally invested himself in removing our shame because it brings him glory when we walk in honor. We're his children. He doesn't want us to be ashamed. He doesn't want us to be staggering around in shame. It reflects on him when his children carry themselves with a sense of honor. And that's what he gives us through Yeshua the Messiah. Finally, reorient by rejoicing and reconnecting. 
Um, in Isaiah 57, 11, it says, uh, you know, how beautiful on the feet of, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Let's look at this. We looked at it recently. Let's look at it again. As we learned some weeks ago, beginning at verse 7, the picture is, is, is of a messenger who has come running from the field of battle to report to the waiting people the results of the battle. The king in the ancient world, was the chief warrior. The messenger would come back with a message. Either we've lost, we're all going to be killed, we're all going to be subjugated, we're all going to be exiled, we're all going to be enslaved. Or the message would be, we won. Because our king was victorious, we are victorious. That is why we speak of the beautiful feat of the returning messenger who has run like a marathon with news of the outcome of the battle. This is why we say this, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, proclaiming shalom, bringing good news of good things, announcing salvation, saying to Zion, your God is king, listen. Your watchmen are raising their voices, shouting for joy together, for they will see before their own eyes, Adonai, Returning to Zion, break out into joy. Sing together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for Adonai has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Adonai has bared his holy arm in the sight of every nation, and all the ends of the, of the earth will see the salvation of your God. As Cantavetter alluded earlier, what follows this passage is the story of the suffering servant, Isaiah 53. Ultimately, This suffering servant is the Messiah who fought the battle for us all, bringing us out of shame into honor, out of death into life, out of slavery into freedom, giving us a glorious future of eternal life rather than of exile from the presence of God. But in order for this to do us any good, we must reorient by rejoicing and reconnecting with what the Messiah has done for us. We need to reconnect with the implications of Messiah's work for us, how he brought us out of slavery into freedom, out of death into life, out of shame into honor, and out of despair into hope. So my final word to us this morning is what Isaiah said. Awake, awake, stand up, Yerushalayim. Awake. Awake, Zion. Clothe yourself with your strength. Dress in your beautiful garments. Shake off the dust. Arise, be enthroned. Loosen the chains of your neck, captive daughter of Zion. He is risen. Therefore, I say to you all, arise. Shabbat shalom. We come now to the Alenu, page 92, uh, page, what, what's the page, please, Cantavetter? I'm looking, sir, I'm looking, I think it's 92, 93. Would you all stand, please?
turn to the next page. Therefore, we put our hope in you, Adonai, our God, that we may soon see your mighty splendor. Together, to remove the detestable idolatry from the earth and cause gods to be utterly cut off, to perfect the universe through the almighty sovereignty, then all of humanity will call upon your name to turn all the earth's wicked toward you. All the world's inhabitants will realize and know that to you every knee should bend, every tongue should swear. Before you, Adonai, our God, they will bend every knee and cast themselves down. To the glory of your name they will render homage, and they will all accept upon themselves the yoke of your kingship, that you may reign over them soon and eternally. For the kingdom is yours, and you will reign for all eternity in glory, as is written in your Torah, Adonai shall reign for all eternity. Therefore God also highly exalted Messiah, who gave him the name that is above every name, so that in the name belonging to Yeshua, every knee should bend in the heavens and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Yeshua the Messiah is Adonai to the glory of God. And it is said, Adonai shall be king over all the earth, and in that day Adonai will be one and his name, One. Amen. Amen.